0: Alright, welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs post-game show. Kansas City Chiefs preseason. The Chiefs fall twenty-four to twenty-six in hilarious fashion to the New Orleans Saints. Let's just start with the end of that game, Sterling, because I like Andy Reid went totally galaxy brain there on that third down. There's like 50 seconds left or something. You know. And he calls a screen? Uh, I, I don't well, have a massive so issue.
2: No, because it's preseason. I don't think he does that in the regular season. Obviously, it's not going to be Chris Aludican who's going to be the dude taking snaps. I think he just wanted to get him an opportunity, Chris Eludekin, a guy who's not going to make the roster. Just a dude who's trying to get some work in. They're trying to work on some plays. They don't really care that much if they win or lose It sucks. And quite frankly, he threw it into the one spot. You can't throw the ball. That's the only thing you cannot do on that screenplay. Put it anywhere in harm's way. He did. He's not making the team. That's not Patrick Mahomes. It is what it is. You move on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like sometimes the Chiefs are in positions where they don't want to really don't want to give the ball back to a team. And so they put the ball in Mahomes' hands instead of being, Overly conservative, they they go for the win. You know, you remember you remember the play that you know in the playoffs that, that that Chad Henney had to make. Mahomes has done it before, so maybe Andy just wanted to to try something out and be a little aggressive because who cares? Let's just end this right now and not end up in a situation where you know. There's four or five seconds left, and I mean, they could have just snapped it and thrown the ball into the stands or something, but, um, you know, I guess maybe you don't have to put Tommy Townsend back there and put him at risk um, and send the special teams out again. But just just hilarious. I, I I, jokingly tweeted that, you know, it was Eric Biennemi's fault. What was Eric Biennemi doing? Just because, you know... Every time the Chiefs made a bad play call, everybody would blame B. Enemy and any, anything good that happened would was was all Andy Reid. Dude, um, I,
2: I love this comment from Jez Ferris. If the grass would have been better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I've I've had a cold all week, and I'm pretty sure if the the grass in the Super Bowl wasn't so bad, I wouldn't even be sick right now. So Look, hilarious way for the game to end. Kind of a bummer. You you like to see the, get th- that first victory of the year, but none of this matters. And I don't even know, I don't know exactly all who was on the field at that point, but there's a very good chance that nobody that was on the field for the Chiefs on that play is going to be on the 53-man roster. So loss aside, and hey, good for the Saints. Let them, you know, pump them up a little bit. Uh, they're in the NFC. We don't have to worry about them. So wh- what are your overall thoughts on the, on the second half? There, the Chiefs? Kind of came alive, and a lot of that was due to Shane Bouchot, who we talked about at the at the end of uh, in the halftime show about how important the second half would be for him.
2: Yeah, he had a great second half. It was interesting. I don't know how to look at this. You look at it as uh, the ones almost did look hungover, right? The ones didn't look great, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But then you get all this this this, this excitedness about the second team I mean they looked really good a lot of the rookies made some impact plays you're right Shane Bouchelle looked way more comfortable in the second half Justin Ross scoring a, a touchdown you can see the excitement and the joy on his face what a great moment for him uh, yeah put him in the ring of honor he's already there yeah I, I will also say Cornell Powell came up with some really big plays on that exact same drive he looked really impressive as the game progressed Nico Remigio looked good I was joking and said hey You know, keep 10 wide receivers because I don't know how you're going to keep only six. That's the way they go. It's really impressive. Some of these tertiary guys. I will say the offensive line looked really good for the most part in this game. Wanye Morris, not a left tackle, but a right tackle looked really good. Darian Kennard got a lot of run at right guard. I mean, you looked and it was actually pretty impressive the way they're picking up blitzes, the way uh, Michael Pirine. You know, he's probably not making the roster, but Lamichael Pirine was picking up blitzes. I was pretty impressed when it comes to the offensive line and, and pass protection as a whole. That, to me, stood out.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the receivers, and I was really – there's a lot of talent on this team. I mean, even the back-end, like, practice squad candidate guys – have talent um I pointed out on Twitter uh Kakoa Crawford yeah he had he had that nice catch on the slant was open on another time they missed him uh has really good speed looks kind of looks the part um so that's what you like to see the Chiefs brought themselves a lot of different options at the receiver position and it seems like there's a lot of talent there so those are the kinds of guys get that that could hang around that the, the new Dereese fountains right that mm. go to the practice squad and maybe at some point they make an impact in a game so it's nice to see them show out especially because with only 3 preseason games you may never see these guys again yeah getting significant playing time because they're really gonna you know now they're gonna focus on getting the starters some more time and then the the, the who's gonna make the team they're gonna be looking at those guys and giving them most of the snaps to to make those decisions but let's talk about a little bit more and by the way it's our head podcast patrick allen sterling holmes we're here every week on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel, so make sure you check us out. I want to talk more about Shane Bouchel because I saw our, our our colleague here on this podcast and at, and at Arrowhead Addict Matt Connor was asking on on Twitter like why should why should the Chiefs keep Blaine Gabbert over Sh- Shane Bouchel And I think it's a fair question. Um, obviously, I think we know Andy likes to have that veteran on the roster, older, more experienced, and we haven't seen a ton of of Blaine Gabbert playing with the Chiefs, so we don't really know a whole lot about what he's going to be able to do in this offense. We'll find out more as the preseason goes on. But I thought that what you see with Buschel is it's important to remember he's, this is his, he's going to his third year and the chiefs have kept him on the roster and carried three quarterbacks. They've been criticized a little bit for that because it makes some of your roster, you know, moves a little bit tougher when you're carrying those three quarterbacks. But I think you saw it in this performance from him in the second half. It's like, yeah, he he makes the bad pass and he gets the interception. Well, like, This is a dude that's not got a lot of NFL playing experience. He mostly gets a shot in the preseason, and he's not a guy who is like highly talented. That, you know, so you would expect it to take him time to take his raw talent and continue to develop. The Chiefs have been developing him. Do you think he has a shot this preseason to actually grab that number two role behind Patrick Mahomes? Because, I mean, if they weren't hoping that he could eventually do that, why else would they be hanging on to him like they have?
2: Been? Well, uh, you know, I thought he was last year. I thought he a le- legit opportunity over Chad Henney. It didn't happen. Uh, you know, they made sure everything was Arizona was actually trying to claim him. So they had to activate him off of the practice squad for that reason. Again, y- y- you see the good with Shane Bouchelle, And you saw that touchdown where he looked very Mahomesian, if you will, scrambling around back there, buying time, throws an absolute rifle for a touchdown. And you're sitting here going, well, that's what the Chiefs see in him. And then you also see those first two throws he had, one where you can say, hey, it was a great throw to Rasheed Rice into a tight window, or you can say that was very, very dangerous. He got away with one, and the following throw is a horrendous throw that goes for an interception. What did you see from, from Blaine Gabbert? What did you see from Chad Henney? What did you see from Matt Moore? Well, they might not be the best quarterback. Well, they might overthrow a guy. They're not putting the ball in harm's way. Those overthrows go for incompletions, not interceptions. So the Chiefs have this window of which way do they want to go? Do they want to have a guy who can be more explosive and can kind of play like Mahomes, but a few tiers down, or do you want a guy who's just going to take care of the football, you know, and that's what you go with. If you go with Blaine, I'm intrigued to see the way the chiefs go. Eventually it's going to have to be shit off the pot with Shane Bouchelle. You know, how old is he? He's probably 26 at this point. He's not a young cat in his own right. I don't know, man. Uh, It's a very interesting decision to make.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It comes down to, and I think that's what Andy's been looking at these last couple years. Is okay, we've got a developmental guy, and I think we like his talent. We hope he can be the long term backup. But we're bringing in these old crusty veterans because guys like Blaine Gabbert, guys like Chad Henney and Matt Moore, their careers are over, basically, right? Like they're no longer, they no longer, they understand that they're not going to be a starting quarterback. Uh, you know, all pro like that dream, the sun has set on that dream, but that's okay. Like they're, I'm sure they're okay with that. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They're still getting to play the game. They love to contribute at the highest level. And that's really exciting. So when they're out there making decisions, it's a little bit different than a guy like Shane Bouchelle, who's like, Hey man, like who knows? Like if I look good in this preseason game, if I show off my arm, if I push the ball downfield, I could, st-, he's still young enough that he could find himself with an opportunity to, to level up and reach his dream. I'm sure he's not like my goal is to be Patrick Mahomes' backup for the rest of my career. Not at that age, but for a, a guy like Blaine Gabbert, he gets into these games and like, he needs to be careful because that's literally his job. His job is to be careful. And I think if Shane Bouchelle can show throughout this preseason, Hey, look, I understand what my role is on this team right now, which is to take care of the football and make smart decisions and a, and be a game manager and help us move the ball on the field. In case I get called upon in a short stint, then I think he's got the shot to secure that. But as long as he's young, gunning it, uh, Andy will probably keep. You know, I, I joked on uh, Twitter that he'd he'd get Warren Moon back there if he could. <laughs> if Warren if Warren wanted to play, because you know he he wants. Somebody to come in and do exactly what Chad Henney did in that crucial 99-yard drive in the, in the playoffs, which is don't make a big mistake. Well, the
2: reason why is he's such a good offensive mind. He's such a good schemer. He gets guys open. He goes, "All right, it, we might not have the explosive plays that we have with Mahomes, but if you take care of the football, I can drive our team down." That's what Andy's thinking, and quite yeah. frankly, it works. He did it with Kevin Cobb. He did it with Matt Moore. He did it with he did it in Philly. He's done it now in, in Kansas City. He's proven that he can do it with almost anyone at quarterback. It might look a little different, less explosive, but he'll find ways to get it done. I do like what just a guy said, a great name, by the way. Uh, if Mahomes missed one or two games, it's Gabbard. Anything else, it's uh, Shane Bouchelle. I think it's a very good uh, astute point you just made there. I would have to agree with that as well.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, as long as there was no hope of Mahomes coming back. Yeah. Like, you know, if he was out for a long stint, but he might be able to come back if they were to get into the playoffs, they'd probably go with with Gabbard, even if it was for 10 games, God forbid. But I, I agree. I think that's a really great point. Good for Bouchelle, man. I mean, he got some quality. His his throw to Ross was great. It was a very good throw. He kind of stared him down, but that was a hell of a route by Justin Ross. And let's talk about him. He they were in a zone. He got past the linebacker, bent that route off sharply so that he could give himself room before the safety could come down. Caught the ball and now he's two yards away from the end zone. Safety was a little too far back. I mean, that's you know that's what you want to see from a guy like that. We talked about it this week. Sterling, you and I didn't have a show together this week, but on my show, we talked about the next step for Justin Ross after all the camp hype and the highlights that you're seeing him in shorts and t-shirts is go do something on the field in a, in a competitive scrimmage, And that's the next step. Well, not only did he do it, he went out there and he did it with the tech right now third string quarterback.
2: What I also find intriguing is the Chiefs have been pushing him as far as the Chiefs Twitter account. They're putting him on the podium. They don't typically do that with guys who aren't making the 53. This to me seems to be like a guy that they actually have a lot of trust and faith that he's going to be healthy and make this roster. You saw him give Rick Burkholder a huge hug after the touchdown. You just saw the emotion pouring out of him just where he came from. You know, being one of the top players in college as a wide receiver at Clemson his freshman, sophomore year, the insane injuries, multiple, not just to his spine, but to his feet. And now you see him now working his way back after taking a year off. What was going on last year? You saw him. We thought he was healthy. Then he wasn't healthy. But now look at him. I I mean, just that has to be such a fulfilling moment for Justin Ross. And quite frankly, you're right. We needed to see more. We needed to see in the game. We needed to see him get hit. I know as bad as that sounds that you want to see him get hit, you wanted to see him get popped and get back up. He did. He got back up. He got five targets. He was a big part of the game plan coming into the second half. He caught a touchdown. There was a lot to like with Justin Ross.
0: Yeah, and he's just got to keep doing it. And we'll see. With Tony out of the picture, we know that Mahomes will play, he'll probably at one point play a half, maybe even into the third quarter. And uh, depending on how Andy does it, whether he treats the second game as the dress rehearsal or the third. So, he may get his shot out there with Patrick Mahomes on the field. And that's what you really want to see. It's like, okay, all right, now you have showed it against some reserve guys, bubble guys. All right, great. We've seen it. Now, again, the next step for him, go out there and do it against some, some top, top flight competition and let's see what you got. Yeah, and let us know. Those of you, there's a ton of you watching out on YouTube, by the way. This is the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Appreciate you so much. Hit that like button. Let's get a lot of Chiefs fans in here. Let's break down this preseason game. Now we talked about it. If you caught, we had a halftime show. We talked about the first half already. Not the kind of sh- showing that you wanted to see out of the gate. Chiefs were a little lethargic, but you know, whatever. They were out there for like ten seconds. Um, so very small sample size. What else did you like about the second half of this game, though, sir
2: I love the secondary
0: in the second half.
2: Kansas City secondary made some
0: huge, huge
2: plays. Again, guys who are on the bubble. They're making this a lot, lot harder than you would probably believe in the preseason Khalif. Uh Halassi, I I am sorry, yeah. I'm butchering his last name. He had a incredible, wow. incredible interception. I mean, the fact that he read the eyes of the quarterback, came back and picked that off, stayed in bounds was massive. The Chiefs ended up scoring a touchdown on that play. Nick Jones made a few nice plays in his own right. Nick Jones, uh, as well as the guy I was talking about going into the game, sitting in the pregame show. Uh, again, I don't know why I'm picking guys who have very difficult names to pronounce, but eco Boido uh, from K-State, the Wildcat, he made a couple of really nice plays. I was impressed by a lot of the secondary pieces. Chamari Connor as well, the rookie. Yeah, I, I was impressed by the competition and the depth that the Chiefs have in the secondary.
0: Yeah, Khalif, that interception, like... That catch was not just a good catch for a cornerback. That was a good catch for a wide receiver. I mean, that was really, really impressive. Showed good instincts, athleticism. You know, these things can be deceiving, right? Like you see that play and you're like, who's that guy? You know, you're not looking at the all 22. He could be getting roasted the rest of the routes out there and leaving guys open. But that's, you know, that's one thing that this team has been really good at is finding Diamonds in the rough at the defensive back position, in particular cornerback. Don't be surprised if you hear, if you see a little bit more of somebody like that after making a play like that.
2: Uh, and, and by the way, also Lamar Jackson made a phenomenal play. Not the Ravens' quarterback, but the Chiefs' yeah. corner. Uh, that was a great play by him to knock the ball out. Uh, but Chiefs rookie cornerback Nick Jones is out for the rest of the game with a left hand injury. I saw someone in the chat said it was a finger fracture. Uh, That was from Carter Kellogg right in the chat. Thank you for letting us know. I knew he was out for the rest of the game with a uh, hand injury, but it doesn't sound anything incredibly serious, but yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot of depth. I mean, you saw Joshua Williams in the first half go up and, and stop Michael Thomas on that wide receiver fade. It was a good throw and, Joshua Williams knocked the ball down. Uh, You have to be impressed by some of the depth pieces at corner in the secondary for Kansas City.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let us know in the chat, you guys watching on YouTube, what did you see out there? It's it's hard. It's hard to to lock in on everything you want to look at in, in a preseason game on a broadcast in particular. So let us know what you saw. Maybe you were looking for different things than we were. Uh, I noticed Wanya Morris moved over to left tackle for a stretch. I didn't watch him a ton in the second half uh, just because I was all over the place. But um, I want to go back and look and see how he was doing over at the left tackle position. But I think it's very telling that they brought him in and they put him at right tackle in the first half. And then in the second half, moved him over to left tackle. That shows you how they're thinking of him about potentially being their swing tackle this season, and they want to get a look at him at both tackle positions. So these are the things that you can learn from the from these games. Uh, Brian Shield says, "I saw Andy not managing the clock well at the end of the game again. I mean, it's preseason for Andy too." <laughs>
2: I think he's literally just trying to give a guy who's not making the roster an opportunity to see what he can do to make a throw. Um, I don't take hardly anything into account. The only play that I really take into account was the fourth and one belldozer sneak. That's one where I go, okay, bleep, we're doing the exact same thing that we saw last year. That was the one play that I go, all right, I really hope that doesn't translate, but maybe it will. Um, I've seen a lot of names. You guys are saying Nico Remigio. I mean, he looked really Really good. Nico Remigio looked extremely, extremely solid. Um, I see John F's Wacky World said really like James's hands. Yeah, Richie James. I mean, you saw the separation he got, right? You saw the hands. Uh, you saw the ability to, when Blaine Gabbert overthrew him the second time in the end zone, he was still able to come down with the ball, keep his feet in bounds. I mean, Richie James, this is, again, if you're just now listening to the Airhead Attic podcast, this is why I was so high on Richie James when the Chiefs. Went out and got him. Why I was high on him when he's with the Giants to end last year. He gets open and he doesn't drop the ball. That's huge. I was impressed with the wide receivers, man. And and again, the offensive line. You mentioned Wanye Morris. Darren Kennard looked better. Uh, Austin Ryder was okay. Yeah, familiar face. Austin Ryder was back playing center with that uh, second, third unit with Kansas City. But I was really impressed with the offensive line as a whole, the backups. You're not going to see what happened in, in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. Rear its ugly head this time around. The Chiefs have some depth and some pieces on the offensive line.
0: Yeah, they do. And I agree with everybody on on Nico. Uh, four receptions, 71 yards, targeted six times, uh, had a 24-yard pass uh, that he caught. It's going to be tough if he's that good. Chiefs <laughs> have some decisions to make, man. On the in this wide receiver group, because Richie James goes and balls out, and then you're looking at him and you're like, all right, if he keeps doing this throughout the course of the preseason, especially if we see him do something like that with with Patrick against some ones, now all of a sudden you're like, oh man, like maybe this is our okay, that's our McCole Hardman, right? Like that's the McCole Hardman pl- replacement. You're assuming Sky Moore can maybe be your juju, MVS is your MVS, and 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 then you've got Tony in the mix as well coming back. That if I was if I was Watson. I'd be feeling the, the heat yeah. right about now. Yeah, again, I,
2: Justin Watson, I, I've talked about it a while now. I don't know what he brings outside of special teams. He's very similar offensively to MVS. If you noticed last year, the snap count when MVS went down, it was Watson going up and Watson went down, MVS was going up. I didn't mind the Justin Watson signing to bring him back. It's a, you have to be this high to ride. This is a, a floor sign saying, hey, we know what we have with him. If he's out there, it's okay. But you have to beat him out. You have to be better than him to see the field. That's how it comes down. A uh, little injury report that I'm seeing right now. Andy Reid says Nick Jones fractured a couple fingers and Anthony Witherspoon uh, – Winterstone, sorry. Anthony Winterstone uh, hurt his toe. So that is the injury report I have uh, according to Andy
0: Reid. Well, we'll take it. I mean, you don't want any injuries, but – you get out of there with with all of your key players in good shape. Uh, that's something that you can deal with. So hopefully that will you know things will keep up that way for the Chiefs for the rest of the second uh, for the rest of the preseason. What did you think about Matt Bushman? Now he didn't he didn't bring anything in. Well, he got called for. a <laughs> He got called for a bogus offensive pass interference uh, penalty, but he flashed a couple of times. Uh, it just didn't work out. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's
2: made the tight end uh, roster crunch really interesting. I mean, he was very highly hyped. I don't know if it was touted, right? He wasn't really touted highly coming out of college, but you know, he hung on with the Raiders and then now he's Kansas City chief out of training camp last year. There was a lot of talk. Is he making the roster? It looked like he was on his way to making the chiefs active roster last year. Then he gets injured. Well, you saw this time. There was not pass interference on that play. He cooked that guy. I like that. Uh, He had one other target thrown his way. I couldn't tell if it was tipped or if it was dropped Maybe it was a little combination of both. Maybe it was tipped and he, he couldn't bring it in. But I think Matt Bushman's an interesting name to keep your eye on, an interesting guy to keep watching the next two preseason games. Because, again, Jody Fortson, he he didn't play with his shoulder injury. You know, if you can't count on Jody Fortson, it might be Matt Bushman.
0: The best uh, ability is availability, uh, or maybe it's most important. Another guy that jumped out at me, he's been hanging around the Chiefs here for a couple of years, on Ely. Yeah. I, I, I just I don't know, man. I just don't see it. He got a lot of play there in the in the second half and j- didn't really flash too much for me. I only ended up with uh, two receptions for 10 yards, uh, was targeted four times. He just seems like a guy that this may be the last we see of him, especially when you consider, you know, all of these other guys that that are flashing right now.
2: If you would have brought that touchdown in, I would have lost my mind. That would yeah. have been ridiculous. on Ely is listed as a wide receiver running back, uh, according to the Chiefs active roster. He's not making the team, but you see what they at least like in him. He's a little bit of that D'Anthony Thomas, right? Small dude, lightning quick, super shifty, decent hand, solid hands, especially for a running back. I don't think he makes the team, but I thought he was at least a little interesting. I've seen a lot of generic Prince being uh, kind of a disappointment I think it's too early to tell when he had four carries for 14 yards. What I will say is this is why I tell everyone to pump the brakes. I'm not trying to be a hater, but pump the brakes on an undrafted guy. A lot of times they're undrafted for a reason, right? For every single Isaiah Pacheco, you hit on a seventh round guy, you have a Cyrus Gray. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that Eric Prince, is, he's done as a chief. This was one preseason game. But this is also why I say just pump the brakes a little bit. Let this entire thing play out. You know, there wasn't any... Um, Isaiah Pacheco in this game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire drew the start. He was targeted twice and ran the ball twice on the first four plays. He looked fine. He just looked okay. He's still going to be ahead of the pecking order than Deneric Prince, you know? Uh, You you can make the case that this was Deneric Prince's time to shine with no Isaiah Pacheco, but he didn't get a huge opportunity. It is what it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you... What's it? Oh, I wanted to ask you about Clyde Edwards-Alaire who you just mentioned. Do you think... A lot of people have been t- saying they think he's going to get traded. They're going to feature him because they're going to try to trade him. His cap hits not nothing. And I don't think you want to trade him unless you really think Denaric Prince is is at least as good, if not better, right? There's just not, not really a reason to. You need depth. McKinnon's had injury issues. Things happen to running backs all the time. I personally would feel m- more comfortable just ride out this Clyde Edwards-Alaire contract, keep him on the team. He's a veteran. He's fine. He knows the offense. What do you think, though? Do you think the Chiefs are trying to feature him to trade him? And do you think they even could trade him?
2: No, and not really. I At best, you're getting a seventh rounder. I mean, he's still going to be on. I know it's a rookie contract, but it's a first round rookie contract for running back. Okay, It's not, it's yeah. not the cheapest contract in the world. Um, they like what he brings to the table as far as he can also be a pass catcher, which is why use first two plays will screen passes out to him. I think he's on this team. You're right. I mean, when was the last time every single running back the Chiefs started this season with finished the season? There's always going to be injuries. We know this. Isaiah Pacheco is already banged up. You're not going to trust an undrafted rookie being the, the, the guy back there. Jerick McKinnon, we know what he is. He's a third down back. The occasional throw him out there as the season progresses into year as well as the playoffs. But you're not using him for a full season. You saw what happened. He breaks down. Clyde's going to be on this team. Uh, LaMichael Ryan was a little in- intriguing. He had a couple of really nice pass protection pickups that I, that made me be like, oh, okay. So LaMichael Ryan, maybe keep an eye out for him. But I think you're pretty much set with Pacheco, Clyde, generic Prince, and then Jarek McKinnon.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. All right, man, look, I don't have a ton more to add on this game. I think we've broken it down pretty thoroughly. Is there anybody else you didn't get a chance to mention that stood out to you or what you're looking forward to next week?
2: Again, I'm really looking forward to some of these positional battles. Like we obviously know. We've talked about wide receiver a lot. I would say a couple of the guys surprised me more than others. Again, I know Nico Amigio looks great. He was also going up against third stringers. I would love to see him get more of a run with maybe even the second team, right? Same thing with Justin Ross. I'd love to see him look uh, and how he looked with Mahomes throwing him the ball, going also up against first team cornerbacks. That would be more intriguing to me. Uh, the secondary, again, I'm really, really intrigued by. I have no idea how this roster crunch is going to happen. Uh, you look at that amazing interception, and then all of a sudden that follows up with Di- DiCaprio Boodle, who a guy who was probably on the bubble and he has a really bad pass interference and the ball still gets caught. Right, so like these are the matchups that I am really looking forward to the back end of the roster. You mentioned it with wanye Morris. If they can use him as a swing tackle, maybe they only need to keep eight guys on the offensive line. Maybe it's not nine. Maybe it's not 10 because you trust what you have with Wanya um, Morris. Uh, Darren Kennard looking a lot better at guard was really surprising to me. Maybe he's just taking a step forward. Maybe that, uh, you know, the potential he had because he was going to be a work in progress coming out of Kentucky. Maybe we're finally starting to see it be a little bit more completed. That's what I'm looking forward to. I don't take hardly anything away from wins and losses in this situation. We know Andy Reid's a damn good head coach. Uh, we know he's going to turn it on when the regular season comes around. Same thing with Steve Spagnolo. Uh, but overall, I was pretty pleased.
0: Yeah, definitely a much better second half. Brian Gales in the chat says, next game, Pat to MVS Connection. Tone B says, if you're a GM, you're not even trading for Clyde. Plus, Casey keeps hitting on late-round picks. Nobody's going to help us. It's a fair point. What time is it travel? Saints' first string looks good. I I agree. I mean, I thought... They've got a lot of talent over there. I like their tight end. I'm a huge Chris Olave guy. Michael Thomas. Healthy. Looked pretty good. Look pretty good well, now that he's healthy. Again. Good. Um Alvin Kamara looked pretty good. Like he's going to be missing for three games. But what those guys didn't have was a quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see how their season plays out. Jesus Perez says uh, Chiefs need all the running backs for the long season. I agree. Look, when we look ahead to this next game. So the Chiefs will be in action again on Saturday. So a little bit of a short week. Um, Saturday night, back in Arizona, back back to Arizona. Do you get worried about that damn field oh, yeah. out there? I know the Super Bowl field; it was a different field than what the what like Harrison Butker got hurt on. But their, their field is just kind of notoriously bad out there. I I do not like the fact that we're playing in Arizona. No, after last year, uh, and what happened to Harrison?
2: It's buns, dude. Not a fan. I, I do not want to see Mahomes, Kelsey, Harrison Bucker, uh, any starter out there. Yeah, maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. You got to get these guys. You gotta have to let them get the rust off. Because again, everything we've mentioned as far as the guys that we have liked have been second stringers and third stringers. We weren't we yeah. weren't sitting here talking about how good the offensive line looked with the first stringers. I know they didn't have a big opportunity to shine, right? We're not talking about how good the defense looked. We're not talking about how FAU shined. We're not, we're not talking about that. Yeah, we're not talking about any of that. We're not talking about how Trent McDuffie looked locked down. Again, I'm not saying I'm worried, but those guys need some playing time too. So we will see.
0: Yeah, they need the reps. And listen, this team has got the Detroit Lions coming to town for the opener. And they were very explosive on offense last year. this That's not a game. The Chiefs are the better team. But that is not the game where you want to be off to a slow start on defense because it could cost you. If that game turns into a shootout, then you can lose a shootout. Mahomes can lose a shootout because sometimes you just don't have the ball last or whatever. So it brings me back to the whole Chris Jones situation. And look, anything that you saw on the field today, defensively with the first stringers has nothing to do with Chris Jones. It just doesn't like he is a force. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. We all know that, but like, this was like one series first preseason game vanilla. They're not doing anything like, does it turn out? Maybe Chris Jones makes a play. Okay. Sure. What I'm saying is, don't use that as like that's how they'll be all season if they don't have Chris Jones. I'm big Chris Jones guy. I'm a I'm an extend Chris Jones guy. Get him out there. I think he is the of the utmost importance if they want to win another Super Bowl. But 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 not because of this preseason game. But but I don't want him to be too rusty when the Lions come to town. So like for me, I would love to, for him to be able to get some preseason action in. And you know, if he if he were to sign this week, I doubt they throw him out there on Saturday, right? If he extends or shows up. So his last chance might be that that last preseason game. So I would love to see a deal get done this week. Like enough of this. We're, we're coming down to the wire. You know, I'm not too worried about it, but I'm ready for it to get done. How about you?
2: I'm getting annoyed, man. I'm sorry, but he's acting very high school right now. Like he knows what he's doing. He, he knows yeah. that all these cryptic messages and tweets, all that stuff, he's just trying to rile fans up.
0: He's a, you know he's a prankster. Dude, I get it like, but the, but
2: the, I get it but when you're pranking over 30 million a year, 28 million a year, how funny is it, man? Like I get it one or two, but the constant it, it just seems so high school to me, and maybe I'm getting old. I'm 29. Maybe I'm an old man saying get off my lawn. But yeah. it, it's frustrating. Like, okay, we get it. We know you're in a holdout. We know you want to get paid. We know all of this but at some point, okay, that's between you, your agent, and the Chiefs. Get it done. Well, yeah. I, I don't care about these cryptic tweets and messages. Get it done.
0: Do you think maybe his agent's telling him like it keeps the it keeps the conversation going when he does that, right? Which, like, if what they're if what they're trying to do is put heat on the Chiefs front office and get the fan base riled up, that's sure. But you I, know. I think
2: he's I think now because now it, it's irritating me. And I,
0: and right. I, yeah. Yeah. You don't want you don't want the fans to turn on you. But again, you that's what I'm saying. Corners. Like at some point, yeah. you're like,
2: this is this is high school. This is this is a high school thing you're doing, my guy. Like, okay, we get it. We we know we we know you want to get paid. We also know you're under contract next year. We know that. And he tweeted out and he 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 said, you know, this is my I forget what the exact tweet was. I can see if I can find it. Uh, it was along the lines of basically you know, enjoy this last year. If it is what it is, something like that, which means in my estimation, okay, he's not holding out. He's going to be there. You know, I don't think he would waste 20 plus million dollars to hold out for a season. I know it's, it's not a running back, but still that's a lot of money to miss out on for an extra what seven or eight, maybe nine. That's not going to happen. He'll be there game one. But again, I just with you, uh, Patrick, you talk about the Detroit lions. I know no one thinks them as this great team. Uh, Last year, their offense ranked fifth in offensive DVOA. The only teams better than them were the Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Eagles, and Bengals. Okay. So whatever your thoughts on the Lions and how how out there Dan Campbell is, I don't care if you don't like Jared Goff. They find ways to move the ball. They find ways to score. They're effective. You want Chris Jones for that game.
0: And this is a huge, by the way, shout out to, to Bumpa for the super chat. He said, starting to think McDuffie. Is too small to be a lockdown. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, it's a disadvantage in certain situations for sure. But I think uh, let's let's give him a second year here. He didn't even play that much last year. So the, the Lions, though, I mean, when they come to the town, like they are going to be so jacked up. There's going to be Lions fans and Arrowhead. Hopefully, y'all aren't selling your tickets, but those guys are going to pony up for it because they're always the laughing stock. They, you know, they this is the a big deal for them. They're going to be more jacked up for that game than Chiefs fans, probably even though we're raising a banner and all that stuff. So don't sell your damn tickets because we don't need a bunch of blue in the stadium when we're raising the banner, but they're going to be jacked up and there's going to be, there is going to be lions fans in the building and they know that this is a prime spot and they got big goals and boy, what would it what would it mean if they could go and knock off the defending Super Bowl chance of Patrick Mahomes in their own building and start off one and zero for the season, where they have super, you know, they 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 want to try to win a Super Bowl. So I think the Chiefs are going to have to withstand those first few punches from Detroit. Like, don't be surprised if they if the Chiefs win the toss, they defer. Detroit gets the ball, goes right down, scores a touchdown. Like they are going to be fired up, and the Chiefs just have to weather that not that we're previewing that game already, but I'm starting to, they're going to have to weather that and they're going to have to be ready and they need to be able to match that intensity and and be like, hey, look, we're, we're real happy for you, Detroit. We're glad that you guys have a halfway decent team now, but we're the, we're the fucking Kansas city chiefs. We are raising a banner and you're not going to come and beat us at Arrowhead. Are we
2: going to talk about week seven next or, or what are you, what are you thinking? What what game we're going to do next. Let's do
0: all seven. Let's do all 17 games. I'm ready. I am ready for the regular season,
2: (laughs) man. I am ready to, by the way, really quickly. I I do want to say thank you again to Bumpa B for that super chat. Talking about McDuffie being too small to be locked down. I want to get into it just a little bit here. I don't think he's too small, but I am starting to question whether putting him against, like in a Super Bowl against A.J. Brown was the smartest decision. Uh, He was actually pretty good coverage the majority of that route. He got tripped up a little bit. But then again today, you're seeing why teams, why he fell a little bit, right? We always heard about that arm length, right? He's a little, little shorter arms. It's not that that comes up all the time, but when he does get beat, the recovery isn't quite there because of that. What did you notice in the play today? just over his fingertips. You know what I'm saying? Like if he had Joshua Williams height or arm length, that's probably getting knocked away. I'm not saying Joshua Williams is better than McDuffie. But what I am saying is when he gets beat, it's harder for him to recover. I'm not there though, saying he can't be a lockdown corner. You see how smart he is. You see how intelligent he is as far as using his, his body and the sideline to his advantage. I'm with you, Patrick, give it another year. But again, you saw why him against bigger wide receivers might not be the best move.
0: Yeah, and you got Lajarius Sneed. So try to, I would try to utilize him in those situations. The teams are always going to move people around, try to get the right kinds of matchups, but McDuffie's tough man. He's he's like uh he's like fly paper. He sticks pretty good to those guys. And I think um if he takes that next step, think about all he learned last year. Playing in huge games, getting to go up against some marquee receivers in the playoffs. That is, you know, those reps are so valuable to a young player like that. And now he's going to have seen those moves. His reaction time is going to be faster. So I'm excited to see. He's one of the players I'm most excited to watch this season um, because he could, if he takes that leap, he was already pretty good last year. That's very good news, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, All right, we got to get out of here. Any any parting thoughts, Sterling, before we uh, wrap this one up?
2: Football's back, baby. Football's back.
0: And you guys
2: are fans of the defending Super Bowl champions. This is fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride this season. You need to keep it right here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We've got so much damn content for you all week long. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. we got a Friday betting show now with Joe Summers. Saturday, we're going to be here with a pregame show, a halftime show, a postgame show. So keep it here. Make sure you're subscribed to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast wherever you get your Chiefs audio. Go on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review over there. Make sure you've got us on Make sure you're subscribed via audio and on YouTube because you're not always going to be able to watch our beautiful faces here uh, on on YouTube. You might be uh, on the road, at work, something like that, and you want to pop in a headphone where you can listen to us there. Make sure you get the audio version as well. Uh, All right, everybody, we're going to get out of here. Enjoy the rest of our weekend. You enjoy the rest of your weekend, too. There's one more preseason game you can be checking out on right now. For Sterling Holmes, for producer Richard, my name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you on Tuesday, but until then, as always... Go Chiefs.